What's up, buttholes? Welcome back to the revamped Bad Christian Podcast. And if you hadn't tuned in in a while, yes, we're still deconstructing our faith. And no, we didn't think it'd go this far either. Let's see. It looks like today on the show, oh, Mike Morell, Toby's brother, is going to drop by in a few minutes. And our guests are Christian swingers. And yeah, you heard that right. They're Christians and they're swingers. And so they're going to let us in on what it looks like living, as they call it, the lifestyle. Today's show is sponsored by ZipRecruiter, and businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. And right now, you can try it for free by visiting ZipRecruiter.com slash badchristian. Oh, hell yeah, God showed up. I don't give a shit what I put in my body. You don't ever talk to me that way. <laughs> so if you've never done oral, then you're extra virgin. No, girl, it's my flesh. I, I showed my dad that. my penis when I was 25 years old. You don't get more honest than that. Yo, it's a new era, and nothing unclean will ever happen to us. It's the big Christian Right on. Okay, everybody noticed we the are new things. This is new. We are clean. We are fresh. I can smell Toby because oh. I'm sitting right next to him. We got some, smell there's a ass. new logo. You heard some new theme music. You guys did miss the three, two, one part of our like branding thing, though. Oh, shit. But that's not a big deal, I don't think. Oh, no. And I don't really like to talk about branding. Is there nothing more Satan. annoying than that? I blame than hearing people the talking about branding. their branding. <laughs> yeah. It's just not I just don't like it. I understand it's real. I get all that, but your brand just well how, twenty years ago, how many people did you hear talk about brand and on their brand and their personal right. brand? I mean it's it it yeah. should get on your nerves every time you hear somebody talking about brand. It yep. should get on your nerves unless you're in advertising or whatever. See, and that, if you're that, a person that thinks you have a personal brand Keep it yourself a little church, more often. Has the church picked up on that? That's oh, going to be yes. huge on branding. Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, huge on branding. Oh, my gosh. No, huge. but are they using that term? Oh, yes. Though? They are? Yeah. Oh, I was, yes. I was just going to say, that's where a church just has to throw into the towel, and that's when the church has to throw in the towel and just be like, okay, we're kind of corporate and we are competitive. Because once you start talking about branding, right. there's no other reason to brand yourself right. unless you're going to sound so foolish and be like, anything for the gospel, man. And we oh, we got to brand the hell out of this because anything for the gospel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so also interestingly, here we are. We're in Nashville. We're doing something. One other thing we wanted to try to do to increase the quality of the podcast, which is we're all in the same room. We're going to try yeah, to do that as often as possible. Couch. We're using some money from the BC Club and the other stuff like that to get some flights. I already and feel kind of better. It, like it is way better. It's easy. I already motioned to Joey to get that damn microphone up right. on his mouth twice now right. in the first two minutes. So and every really time good. Toby talks, I do like the masturbation kind of <laughs> motion. It's like, uh, and I roll my eyes. Oh, I love it. Keep doing that. I actually really like it when you fake, when you like oh. imitate masturbation. <laughs> So I almost didn't make my flight to get here. So you guys, listeners, well, and you always too. that way for you? Well, <laughs> every single time it feels like there's, I almost couldn't get my luggage yep. checked. Or I got a, like had that. a luggage problem right. and a shuttle problem. Now I wasn't because it wasn't okay. I'm not a person that leaves super late or anything. I'm on the early side. I'm not one of those right. cut it close. But I do have run-ins with bad humans sometimes in in public. So I, I had I had two major faults with people that. There should be better at their jobs. Right. Let me tell you the first one. So I get there. I take a car down there to, uh, uh, it's basically a parking garage. 
and I drop the car off. It's a uh, you know reach now car, a car to go, yeah, zip car, whatever you 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 have. Where I use a car to leave it at the airport at a parking garage, and then yeah. I take the shuttle that the shuttle takes you to the terminal. So I take the car, I come up to the thing. The shuttle's out there. There's one person in the shuttle. The driver's not there. I look for the driver. I need to pee. I look for the driver. He's not there. And I walk into the building. I said, is there, you know, yeah. I said, uh, is the driver here? I said, I've, I wasn't really late, but I was cutting it close. I was like, I need to pee real quick. Can I just go pee? And we tell the driver to wait. And he was like, yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't say pee, so I don't know if he thought I had to do number two or whatever. Yeah. I was like, he was like, well, how long will you be? I was like, a minute, a minute and a half, whatever. He <laughs> yeah. says, yeah, 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 no problem. Went and pee, come back, shuttle's gone. No <laughs> yes. way. I was like, what happened? What happened? Yeah. He was like, oh, he didn't want to wait, man. This, oh. They both work in the same place. And it was like, I could see him driving away. I was like, are you serious? He's like, sorry, I don't know. What you want me to do? I was like, I'm, yeah. I'm you couldn't hold him 30 more seconds? I just went and peed. I don't pee that long. I mean, right. I, you know, it wasn't, it was, <laughs> promise you, it was under two minutes, tops. Yeah. I didn't wash my hands, if that yeah. makes anybody feel better. And then I had nothing. I just went, gone. So now I'm a little stressed, actually. Because it's cutting it closer. Yeah. So I go through, get to TSA. The line went faster than I thought. Of course, they check my bags, and they tell me, of course, they say, now, take all your electronics out. I'm oh, hoping I don't God. get stopped. And this uh, same thing happens to me all the time. Yeah, I'm flying only with, electronics. Yeah, right? they said, take all the electronics <laughs> out of your bags. I said, both of these bags only contain electronics. <laughs> what do you want me to do? They put them through, and then they stop. So that slowed me up a little right. bit. So now I'm starting to get real nervous. So I get to the plane, and it's uh, it's fine. Like it's not that late, but then I, I still am the last one to board the plane. I like yeah. to be the last one to board the plane anyway. I get up to the plane with my roller bag and my carry on thing, and the flight attendant, the two dude flight attendants, they're like, "Oh, is that does that is that one of those bags that has a, a battery in it?" Because my battery, my my oh, roller man. bag has a battery charger for charging your phone at airports stuff like that. He says, "Oh yeah, no, you can't you can't take that on the plane. Oh my, you can't gosh. take that." I said, "Well, it's for, it's it's for airports. I mean, that's why they make the bag." Right. You know? He says, "Yeah, but that's lithium ion battery. Can't take it. You can't have it. So you have to uh, you have to remove the battery on your on this bag, or you oh can't get on the plane." Gosh. I'm the last one. They've just let everybody else through. It's not super late, but I'm literally the last one. And these two guys are like, "Well." I said, okay, well, what do you want me to do? He goes, well, I think you can take it off with a screwdriver. I said, okay. Do you have a screwdriver? And he starts asking me, well, do you have a screwdriver? I was like, y'all wouldn't let me get in here with a screwdriver? (laughs) Who do you think I have a screwdriver? I was like, what what do you want to do? And they start calling around and asking their boss if I can take – I mean, all this stuff. I was like – I'm fine. What do you? I said, y'all got any garbage bags or grocery bags? I can put my stuff in there. What do you want me to do? I, right. Have, and and so it's getting. It's, I'm just kind of like laughing yeah. about it. And the guy was like, "Well, you can't. You can't go. I mean, you can't. You can't take that bag." I said, "Because of the battery." He goes, "Yeah, that's bad. You, I mean, it's a lithium ion battery. We've seen this brand. We know not. You know. Well, I don't know what the. This right. is some error yeah, yeah. somewhere where they think it. It doesn't. Who knows? But right. it's an error." somewhere where they've overreacted to it right. and there's some you know chain of events and they said okay i said well i can you know they tried to get it with a key and undo these phillips head things to remove the battery i was like well, i said I, I, i'll just rip it off and they're like well no i was like well i just 
I'll just rip the battery off and then I can get on the plane, right? They're like, well, I, yeah, and they get all weird. And I reach down and I see it. Here it is right here. I want y'all to see it. This is the battery. It's sitting right there. I may have given away the punchline of the story, but it's sitting right there. I just reached down and said, I'm sure I can rip this off. It's attached with plastic. And I yank it real hard first try. I already looked at it and thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yank this shit off. As soon as I do, bam, it pops off in my hand. Both of them audibly gasp. I was like, okay, so now I can go on, on the plane. And they're like, yeah, and I'd set this on this bag like that. And they said, uh, they said, yeah, you just put it in that bag. I said, wait, hang on a second. You, I, I'm not supposed to take the battery on the plane. They go, no, it just can't be attached to the bag. It can't, it can't be, it can't be usable in the bag. I was like, what? I was like, what? So I, he said, it can't be, what? Well, I don't know what was the word he used. He said, it, ha- it can't be usable. Installed. Installed. Sort of yeah. I was, and there's no wires. It's just a battery with USB chargers on it. I said, he said, that way it's not functioning. I was like, no, it, Functions perfectly well right here <laughs> right. in my hand. It, it functions doing, right now. Yeah. And now watch this. I, I put it in my other bag. I said, this is a functional battery charger <laughs> in this bag. And you're saying I can take it on the plane? They're like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Good Lord. And here it is. This is the battery. You still have, you I was like, lose. there's no wires. It doesn't connect to anything. That's the whole point. It's a battery stuck dri- with two screws holding it in plastic. That's all it does is hold. Look at it. Right. Gosh. That's it. So all you do, and I said, and I said, I said, hold on a second. Y'all understand how illogical this is, right? That's the same battery. It's fully operational, and now it's in another bag. And you're saying I go on the plane with that? They're like, yeah, it's fine. Good. (laughs) And they were holding the whole plane for this whole the whole time. I'm the last person. This this takes four or five minutes, and they're waiting on me to get on the plane. So I had to take rip my bag apart and put that battery in my other bag. Walk on the plane. That's that. <laughs> Good God! And this is this is the world. That's, I just can't ever get over that people just can't. There's nothing. They're just I don't know what you want me to do. I mean, crazy. I, I mean, th- I guess their thought was that it it w- it was working and now it's not working. Okay, that's the only it, thing I uninstalled it. Yeah, but, but it's a battery. But I mean, the whole wrong, point of I mean, it is it works I regardless. Can, I can even think that that would justify that. that is, it doesn't uh, mean anything. The whole po- it's an error anyway. You, how many lithium ion batteries does everybody take on a plane? You ever see your headphones? You have Beats headphones? Yeah. There's one in each ear. There's right. two there. There's one in your phone. I don't know if everything's right. lithium ion or not, but it's not. It's nothing special about this than any other phone right. charging portable anything. And every human on the plane has three or four with them. Of course. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I know. Including me. Who you know how many times I've taken on an extra phone charger or whatever, you know, USB, yeah. extra charger or whatever. That That is so bizarre. You know what's really funny about that is you just you went somewhere and then two bullies made you break your bag. Yeah, I was like, why did you just make me break my – couldn't we have talked that out before I ripped my bag apart? Right. <laughs> I got – I got stopped, and uh, the guy said, "Unfortunately, he said, unfortunately, you're you're showing red all over the place. I got to frisk you majorly." And he said, "Do you want to go into a back room?" I was like, "No, just just do that here." I came very close to being all right, man. Now, what was because of where he was touching? It was crazy, and, and I, I really was drenched everywhere. Like I was wet, and I think that's what picked <laughs> up. But he was like going through like the. The lining of my underwear, and I was just it, like, the guy was like, "Look, we've got a flag on this one because there's nobody's body temperature is this sweaty and hot and gross. So we know something's wrong. We're going to do a manual pat That's down. That's probably true. Like I was sweating bullets." <laughs>
Okay, before we go any farther with today's program, I got to tell you about something that's been traditionally very challenging, but has been made a lot easier because of a really cool company. Of course, ZipRecruiter is the company, and hiring being the challenge has always been very important to hire the right people and very difficult to do so. But now there's one place you can go where hiring simple, fast, and smart. That's the operative part. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. And of course, ZipRecruiter.com slash bad Christian to be specific. Let me tell you what they do. ZipRecruiter will send your job to over a hundred of the web's leading job boards. Okay, so that think about how long that take. But they don't just stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans through thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience. And they invite those people to apply for your job. So then applications start coming in, and they analyze them and spotlight the top candidates so you never miss a great match. So imagine going through thousands of candidates that didn't even apply to your job yet and going out and inviting them and how many you'd miss, how many people, how many mistakes you'd make trying to sort through stuff like that. You know what's even crazier than that? This is a, And this is real. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of the employers who post on there get a quality candidate through the site the first day. So that means like later today, later tomorrow sometime, you'll have good quality candidates that you otherwise would not have been able to find at all because ZipRecruiter connected you. And then here's the craziest part. It's the highest rated hiring site in America and our listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash badchristian. That's right. You can try it for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-A-D-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash badchristian. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So I was hoping you guys would be cool with me doing something a little bit different. So I... Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys know that like Seacoast, for instance, they encourage me to be out and about visiting people. I mean, if you're a pastor sitting behind your computer all day, you're not doing your job. You they want you to reach there. the people. Yeah. yeah okay. okay. But anyway, obviously, having a permanent uh, spot for our office space and everything, I need to be there sometimes. We have drop-ins and people, you know, stop. You, you by maintain for regular requests. office hours? No, I. I don't have to be regular, but I try to be around mm-hmm. so I can interact with staff and all that stuff. So, what, like a counseling session? <laughs> I mean, just, just, or just, just a, the uh, typical stuff. Sometimes, no, sometimes there's counseling. Sometimes there's requests for money. Sometimes there's biblical questions. Yeah, I just want to be able to do some of that on the podcast. I mean, so, you got, okay, you, okay, well, okay. I mean so, you've got your science segment. You're into yeah, science. Fine, fine, fine. You've got your news with Toby. Okay. You, you like current right. events and You're you like, right. you know, being so funny and kind everything. Of a peak I'm good at counseling. Yeah, it's kind of a peek behind the curtain from what you do. Yeah, people are interested in that. That's true. All right. All right, yeah, I'm okay. down. So I'm you have down. you have some. I mean, what are yeah, we doing? Are you going to try and do it like right now? Do you have? A- yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, Mike is in the living room. Mike. Mike. Uh, Toby's brother, Mike. Yeah. What the? Are you Toby's me? brother, Mike. You is you, you have a counseling session with him scheduled for right? Now, well, you I didn't, didn't know, tell me that, but Joey. I didn't know we we're going to be podcasting this second. We we shuffled some things around in the schedule. I mean, seriously, I don't understand the big deal with with it being Mike. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's right up our alley. We are kind of changing in our faith. You you know, he just became a Christian, right? I mm-hmm. know he's my brother, but I didn't know we were going to do a, like the uh, podcast. You, you were going to talk to tell us. He's he's rough around the edges. He's raw with how he says things. It's uh, perfect for our podcast. Uh, and he's no, also, I mean, he's he's raw. <laughs> He raw dog. Is he coming over here? He is here. He's in the damn living room. I keep he's he's right out there. He may even hear you guys talking. What? 
What's up, motherfuckers? Hey, Mike. What's going uh, on, man? Hey, Mike. Uh, it's good to see you. Hell yeah. I'm glad to be here, man. I'm in a good place right now. I'm fucking happy, oh, man. Awesome. Awesome. We're kind of on a tight schedule. I just wanted to make sure you understand the nature of what we're doing. Like, I, I'm I'm basically wanting to counsel you just how I would normally do in my office, but this is going to be aired it's not going to really work if I can't just be my natural self, how I would typically be mm-hmm. in a counseling situation. I need you to be the same. Is that something you're willing to do? Because I, I really have heard a lot about you not really finding a church home. Uh, I heard, uh, Toby, I think you mentioned that your anger gets in the way sometimes. So I just want to think through maybe getting you a, a good church home. And, and that, is that fine if we like air this? Do you understand the intent of this? Well, here's what I do get. I think that you want to counsel me because you see something in me. You you see that probably one day I'm going to be a preacher just like you. You want me to be in front of people fucking sharing the gospel, fucking getting them right with Christ, fucking getting them in a place where they need to be because God is wanting everybody to be like me. I want my ceiling to be your floor is what I'm saying. That's fucking cool. Yeah. I'm really glad to be here, though, man. I, yeah, I, I will admit this. Sometimes my anger gets a little bit of the best yeah, of me. Yeah, so Toby told me that you've actually been consuming sermon podcasts like crazy. Uh, you're exactly right, man. My nights used to be consumed with nonstop giant boobs, giant bush, giant ass. I was watching porn, honestly, every single night, probably for 12 hours. And then I'd wake up and go to work. And, and And now it's nonstop sermon, 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 <laughs> baptism, ah, Love it. Toby told me that you, like he said, you know how Toby, Toby, you go so dramatic, but you're like, I promise to God. He is. I he, mean, he really he is knows all this every thing. single pastor oh, out gosh, there. Does he, know, he knows every pastor, Joe. <laughs> it's crazy, man. All right, Mike. So I'm going to, I'm going to test you. I'm going to throw some bigger names oh, out there, it, bigger pastor it, names, and you give me a phrase or a couple yeah. words that describe uh, them. All right. So let's, uh, let's start. John Piper. Oh, pussy. <laughs> That guy, man, he's always crying on stage. Oh, I want you to know the Lord, but come on, man. This is Jesus Christ. All right, Judah Smith. Oh, Seattle hipster pussy. <laughs> that guy loves flowers more than he loves Jesus. Good gosh, man. Uh, Perry Noble. Oh, my bikini, bro. Did you see that picture? Oh, my God, dude. He was on a beach. He was talking about work hard, play hard. There was two women in the skimpiest bikini. I love that dude. He's all about second chances. He's like, you fuck up once, you can fuck up again. You can fuck up forever, man. I love that dude. So a lot of second chances. Oh, it's unreal. Perry Noble's like, "Uh uh-uh, not tonight, Satan. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, you got me. (laughs) Second chance. All right, so it looks like you're a little fond of Perry Noble. Love uh, that dude. Uh, Stephen Furtick. Oh, my God. That dude? i got to work out with him. My God, have you seen his muscles? He's shredded every time. He's just up there like, I'm going to do this, and you're going to do this, but and the Jesus color, the- Christ is going to do this. And he starts yelling, and people start jumping up. I'll just start lifting weights. The, the coloring book, though, you've had to have heard about that. The- well, well. Seriously, there's That's a great you, thing. You, no, you can look. I, you must not have heard the same he thing. I have drawing coloring books. Yeah, if you go to Google stuff, right now, yeah. you'll see that a page weird. in a coloring book that Elevation Church gives out to people, and it talks about Stephen Furtick being the the lead vision of the house, and for us to respect his authority. Kids color that in their children's. Church. I love it. I think you should make all those little motherfuckers learn. Yeah, but he's the fucking man. He's up there lifting weights. For Jesus Christ, 
and he's going to make those little fucking turds, <laughs> draw a picture of him, and color a picture of him. You're telling me that's bad? You talk about Stephen Furtick like he's the Ric Flair of Christianity. He's my favorite person on earth. <laughs> Furtick. Okay, let's move on from we got we got the fact that you like Furtick. Yeah, come on. Uh, let's, let's uh Mark Driscoll. Mike, you know that I work there. You you can tell him what you what you think. Toby, is that your way of saying like keep it cool? <laughs> like be be a little tame here. If Furtick is like uh unbelievably cool and amazing, Mark Driscoll is the coolest motherfucker on the entire planet. That son Wait, why is Mike Mark Driscoll the coolest person on the planet? Two words. Penis home. He said that. He said a woman's vagina is a penis home, and that well, made that, me realize, oh, this dude's down. Well, uh, Mike, he you, said that back in like the early '90s on the internet or something. I don't though. care. As soon as I heard that sermon, I was watching on YouTube. I got that shit tattooed on my back. You, you wait, you have penis home on your back? I have penis home tattooed on my back. Dash Driscoll. <laughs> Why? Why would you do that? Okay, ne never mind. I, why I, would Why would I Why would I tattoo the most coolest, amazing thing I've ever heard in my life on my back? Yeah, you You tell me why. <laughs> okay. Well, you know he got in, like, you like trouble about for plagiarism and all that stuff, though. Uh, that's the coolest thing too. I used to make those motherfucking nerds write my papers in high school, and I got the good grades. Why would that be bad if Driscoll did that? Uh, okay. Like, you know, there's a lot, he's getting a lot of flack for being extremely, uh, I would say, borderline abusive to, like, other employees at the church that he pastored in Seattle as far as being a bully. Deserved it. It, they deserved it. You weren't even there. Have I you mean, been to Seattle? What was the one word you could use to describe any person in Seattle, Pastor Svensson? What's one word I could think of? Well, Mike, how I know you. Bossy! <laughs> well, let me just ask you this. Like, you, you do realize that one of Christian's bedrock beliefs is not only to love people, but to love your enemies. And, and you're talking about a lot of people, specifically Seattle people, and you're just assuming that they're all weak. You're calling them derogatory names. You actually should really just try to love everyone, even people that irritate you. Like, your goal should be to still love them. You know what? That makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, maybe I have been kind of rough. I'm going to... Damn it. That's my next tattoo. Oh, Master Svensson, that was awesome, man. Love your enemies? No. Love pussy. Dash Svensson. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. I got to get out. All right, man. Hey, I'm glad to know you. All right. See you, Mike. I'll good, see you back at the good house to see tonight. You, Mike. Okay, well, we're going to have, uh, and I ain't no joke on this, we're about to have a couple on the podcast in just a second, and their name is Adam and Eve, or they're going to go by Adam and Eve, and these guys are Christian swingers. Spiritual swingers. Spiritual swingers. Dang. And that ain't no joke. Yeah, and so I'm, I, this are is the first Adam time I hope somebody... They go by Adam and Eve, I don't necessarily okay. think This is the first time that I'm thinking somebody is going to change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to hear what they have to say in just a minute. All right, folks, if you've ever seen me in person, I am a big dude. Uh, I'm a big guy. <laughs> I've always wanted to be, you know, skinny, thin, like a, you know, just like a girl's jean properly. Where I wore, I wore girl's jeans. I was a 16 to 18 size back in the day. But um, 
nothing ever seems to fit my large body. I wore husky jeans when I was a little kid. You know, just nothing ever sounded cool with clothes for me, except finally, I look so daggum good in an Indochino suit. And that's because, seriously, the suit is made to measure, and it fits exactly the way I want it to, so much better than all those other times I bought something off the rack. That never worked. I was trying to look nice and ended up looking weird, but with Indochino, I look good. I look great. I mean, I feel great. I'm so happy that I can put on nice clothes and it actually makes me look nice, not like, uh uh-oh, something strange with this guy. And that's because Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear company and has been featured in major publications like GQ, Forbes, and Fast Company. That's what I'm saying. Everybody's talking about Indochino. So are we. That's why I have an Indochino suit. They make suits and shirts made to your exact measurements for a great fit. Guys love the wide selection of high quality. And by guys, I mean people like me. Uh, high quality fabrics and and the option to personalize all the details, including your lapel, lining, and monogram. And here's how it works. Visit a showroom or you can shop online at Indochino.com. Pick your fabric, choose your customizations, submit your measurements, and then just wait for your custom suit to arrive in just a few weeks. It's that simple. So this week, our listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $379. That's unreal for a custom suit. I mean, that is unreal. Indochino, so let me say that one more time. This week, our listeners get any premium Indochino suit for $379. All you got to do is go to Indochino.com and enter Bad Christian at checkout. That's 50% off. 50% off the regular price for made-to-measure premium suits. I mean, that's unbelievable. Get that premium suit today. Plus, shipping is free. So, one more time. I don't want you to miss out on this. That's Indochino.com, promo code BADCHRISTIAN for any premium suit for just $379 and free, free, free shipping. Incredible deal for a suit that will be, it'll fit you better than anything you ever could have gotten off the rack. There's just no way to start this interview other than to say <laughs> Christian swinging, that, that can't really be a thing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you, you, honestly, you, you guys would be surprised how many religious conversations we have with people in the swinging lifestyle. It's, <laughs> oh it's pretty common. Here we go. I'm excited oh to hear goodness. about this. You're exactly right. We have had more conversations about faith and spirituality and, and the journey with people in the lifestyle than we have in what we call vanilla world. Oh, so you are in the swing vanilla world. You're into swinging for the gospel's <laughs> sake. You're just spreading Jesus around. <laughs> Got it. Not Absolutely. Well, we, we maybe should do a little bit of uh, vocab, maybe. For yes, yeah, that'd actually please, be great. Let's do that. Yeah, what we typically refer to as uh, the lifestyle is anybody who engages in uh, consensual non-monogamy which is, you know, there's, there's a thousand different levels to it. Anything from people that uh, like to engage in sexual activity in the same room as other people, all the way up to people that are polyamorous and have, you know, three, four five people all in a, in a mutual relationship that they all um, have different parts of um, different parts of a love relationship that they get from each of those different people. So there, there's all 
these different levels in between. So that's that's kind of what when you we use the generic term lifestyle, that's kind of what we refer to. And then anybody that's I'm, probably a better term is non-lifestyle, but kind of the one that that we've everybody in the swinging lifestyle community has adopted is vanilla. So that's you know anybody that doesn't engage anybody in who's not in the a consensual non-monogamous lifestyle so I'm, we're gonna have all kinds of questions i'll probably have to try to limit myself but is there such thing as like five and people? by the way joey is a pastor he thinks he's counseling y'all right now yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> i love joey's counseling i have to admit i am a huge fan of you guys i've been listening to you for years oh so awesome. it's, Thank you. it's quite it's quite surreal to be um <laughs> yeah. to be well, we appreciate it. that's cool that's cool is there is there such thing as like five people that kind of stick it out with each other for years on end where it's just like, hey, us five, let's get to know each other's bodies and our preferences and let's let it just be us for a while. And then maybe two years later, they experiment with other people. But is there any packs of people that do swinging together? Um, there's none that we really yeah. know of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because because we don't engage that way typically with us it's just with a single male or a single female and one other couple gotcha um but like i said there's multiple levels to it so there's some people that just as a couple like to exclusively date quote unquote one other couple let's not um, uh go or one other individual yeah let's not yeah. go to all the random questions just yet let yeah. i just need to get my <laughs> My yeah, let's, let's feet build on the a foundation. Here. How about we build a foundation? I just want to know you guys' experience. Like, how did you get into what? this, and what? And, and tell me as many details. And, and can we start as can. like as far? How about the first foundation? Are, do y'all consider yourselves Christians? Are you? It, Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we were both raised in church, and we are both actively involved in our church now. Yeah. Um, and so it's definitely what part type of, who of church is it? If, if you don't mind. Um, denomination, a mainline Protestant mainline Protestant. denomination. <laughs> I always yeah. knew they was, they were crazy. <laughs> right. Well, um, so why don't you go ahead and start with our what we call our kind of our misguided experience from well, years ago? Yeah, it all kind of started with us. Uh, we've been together for uh, going on twenty five years now, and married long. for almost nineteen. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, within the first couple years, we were in that point in a marriage where, you know, any of you guys that are married know about it. You know, a couple years in, you kind of get to that idle point in your marriage where, yeah. you know, she's not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. We're just we're kind of coexisting. Uh, you know, the honeymoon phase is over kind yeah. of thing. And um, at Eve's work, uh, one of the guys kind of showed an interest in her. And at the same time, with our friends at the time, different friends, we were kind of. Uh, the topic of sex always came up with our friends. It was just something that we talked about openly. It was no big deal. Yeah. And someone mentioned the fact that there was a sex club in the city we lived in at the time. So we're like, Oh, totally scandalous. We should go sometime just right. see what it's like. And we happened to run into this guy that was being kind of flirty with Eve at work at this place. And we just kind of stumbled into it and had no frame of reference for how we should do something like this as a couple or to add anything to our relationship. Um, and the other couple was very predatory with their attitude. They mm -hmm. were very much in it for their own personal gratification and not 
to build their closeness as a couple or any of the things that we aspire to have currently with our situation. Yeah. And we were so new in our marriage that we didn't really have those goals of, oh, we're going to do this as an exploration together. It was right. more like, oh yeah, we've never been with anyone else before. Let's yeah. just try it and see yeah, what we it, missed it, out on because we've been dating since we were so young. But yeah, even, it was kind of like a holy crap, people are showing interest in us and it turned into this kind of cheating with the other person's knowledge. So mm-hmm. I was putting all my effort into impressing and interacting with the other female. She was putting all her effort into impressing and interacting with the other male and their marriage was not close in any way. Ours kind of started to drift it apart. The other couple actually wound up getting divorced and we, you know, spent entirely too much time with them. We were over at their house every weekend. We just kind of broke all the rules. So, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, so you said so that's that an you, example of what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah. that's okay. That's a good, it's a one way to learn, but you, you said that you, you said, Hey, well, there's a sex club. Why don't we go check it out before that? I mean, that's not, that's not a suggestion that would go lightly in my house this weekend. Hey, there's a sex club. Let's go yeah. check it out. It's a new restaurant. <laughs> yeah. It's Italian. Yeah. That's not, so before, even before that, you, you were more liberated or free than, than most other people at your church, I imagine. Can I take that? Yeah. Well, I think it was always so taboo. I think it was like, oh, like we're interested, but yet we're not allowed to you know, there, there was always a repression around it. So it was, you know, at that time we were living in another city, we had just finished college and we had gotten married and moved away. So we were kind of in an explorational kind Mm -hmm. of time in our life anyway, because we were not around any family we didn't really have any of that type of accountability and we had no kids. So we're just like, Oh yeah, let's, let's try that. Let's do this. And we were kind of, you know, just doing a lot of finding our freedom, I guess, in a lot of things the first time. Uh, uh, Um, Well, let me ask you a question too. How does like uh, everybody, every single person, what we're going to get from this interview is, uh, uh, you know, how did they, they just said they stumbled into having sex with other people or something like that? That's the word y'all use. How did yep. like um, how did you? Why wasn't at that moment your y'all's just y'all's two sex life enough? Like what y'all y'all yeah. both had to have that conversation. You needed more. Well, so I don't. I let's. I just kind of want to finish that whole story of it ended badly and uh-huh. we reset our lives back to what we call puritanical ways. You know, we okay. re, we re-engaged yeah. with our faith. We thought, Oh yes. Oh yeah. Vanilla. We were like, I don't even know if we knew that word back then. No. I mean that this was 15 years, 16 years ago that we're talking mm-hmm. about. So after that whole, like we called it kind of like a train wreck of an experience, we were like, we felt fortunate to have survived and to yeah. kind of still be together. God saved us from that situation. Mm-hmm immediately right around that time a um a different job opportunity came up that allowed us to move back closer to home and we were like oh praise jesus we are saved <laughs> this is like we're gonna we're never doing that again we're never y'all thought gonna, it was a you know, mistake like it, it wasn't we a did good yeah. for a long time no for a abs- long time. it was very traumatic yeah, for so. me especially and and eve to a point because you know, we didn't have the the communication skills at the time to discuss what we thought boundaries should be with with this experimentation in our sex life. So what I or she may have interpreted as clear communication couldn't have been further from the truth. I see. So we wound up getting in this in this situation where we're starting to get physical with another couple. And they, of course, being more predatory attitude, immediately crossed any boundaries mm-hmm. we could have possibly gotcha. set for a first time experience. And it 
totally freaked me out. You know, Eve was of a mind, well, I don't know how to like stop this. So you just, you kind of go along with it. And I just kind of mentally checked out. I'm like, she can get her thing. I can get mine. And we kind of split up emotionally at that point. I've heard that happen a lot. I know some other couples that have been, that have done, even done that kind of stuff. It doesn't usually end well. And, 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 you know. Yeah. Right. And so that time it didn't. And we really recognized that opportunity to kind of extricate ourselves from that life. And we just were, we kind of put it all in the past then. And it was, it, we came out of it with some scars and some emotional baggage from that, that we kind of just never talked about anymore. No, we were like, we just it was like the thing that don't, do not speak its name. Like yeah. we just like, we both yeah. kind of knew it was in the background, but at that time then, you know, a new job opportunity came on, we came back we live in a pretty rural area now and part of that to me was like okay um we were never getting into something like that again because it sounds too small and it's too easy to, and so it was just one of those like safeguards that we put up like i'm like okay well you know that wasn't us we're going to be part of you know our faith community we're going to be in the community and we're going to give back and we're business people here and um this is all, this is going to be our life now. So in that, and we kind of just went along like that for about 15 years. Well, yeah. Until we get back in. But I mean, in that time, you know, build up our businesses, my, uh, we had kids, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're just kind of living our lives. And what kind of happened, I think for me, I think you really weren't thinking about it (laughs) anymore. To get back into and it now. No, no. And I, well, and I wasn't either. What happened was we had our kids and they got to the age of being able to kind of like ask questions about different things. Or maybe I was anticipating that they would ask questions. And with this was around the time that like marriage equality was in the news every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all kinds of like transgender issues started to become really um common to be talked about. And I started anticipating these questions from our kids, like, well, what if, you know, somebody at school has two mommies or what if, you know, and anyway, just anything like that, that I really, those questions haven't really come, but I anticipated it. And I thought, I found myself having really like judgy kind of um, strong like reactions to having to answer that kind of question because I wasn't comfortable with non-traditional relationships. Uh, Okay. That's kind of where it started. And I also wasn't very comfortable with, um, because I, we were raised in the church, although I don't, I don't put this on the church. I think it's more just like rural, um, conservative, conservative, small town upbringing. upbringing. Yeah. It wasn't like just, um, the church, which I know a lot of times though, churches do have that, um, stigma, but just, I had so many performance based, like if I don't do the right thing, then, you know, God's going to hate me or God isn't going to love me if I do these things or kind of, and so we kind of always, I would kind of always had this thing that we did 15 years ago in the back of my mind, like, oh, I've done that. So now I'm kind of not, you know, not a yeah, worthy yeah. person, anyway, just all kinds of self-worth issues I was having. Um, I work in a business where it's very performance-based and you kind of do what you got to do to get everything, you know, to, to be at the top of the spreadsheet, you know, just lots of those kind of numbers-based things. And I started to feel like, oh my gosh, like it's never going to end. It's never going to be enough. And so I really started to re Uh, examine my own faith and my relationship with God. And what does God want from me? Like, why am I, you know, why am I here? Does God care, you know, about 
you name it, you know, whatever thing it was, does God care about the thing that happened 15 years ago? Yeah. Does God see me as a failure because I didn't win the top sales award? Does God see me as, you know, just all those things um, I had to really re-examine. And so um, as I did that, I got into more uh, spirituality based, you know, I like listening to podcasts, I like to read. And so all of those things um, kind of led me down a path to just, to, to make me wonder why I was having such a strong reaction to the um, the sexuality based stuff or the non traditional relationships. Yeah. And so I think anytime you have really strong reactions, you have to kind of step back from it and be like, what is, what is the nerve that that's touching? So what you are uneasy the, about the shame. Yeah, you were uneasy about your your own heart and whether or not it was filled with judgment. Yeah, yeah. And, and probably at the same right, time, right or and probably at the same time, thinking through what you guys had done years prior, that was a huge mistake. Of course, that's not something I would ever want you to do. Were you still at that mental space, too? Well, I think that it kind of came along with, you know, the forgiveness of myself yeah. for that, you know, and what, what does God care about and mm -hmm. what's important there? And so um, I would say that as I started to think about this and research, there's, I was reading all kinds of books. There's one called sex at dawn that talks a lot about, yeah. you know, monogamy and non-monogamy and things like that. Um, opening up is another book that's very well known. And, you know, in those types of circles, Esther Perel is a really um, well-known educator, psychotherapist, you know, that talks about the implications of like long-term relationships and, how to stay together and that kind of thing. And so um, as I, as we explored this stuff, I guess I was kind of doing that on my own. And then I, we kind of started, I started to share things with, with Adam here and um, none of it was particularly interesting to me, the polyamory, the, like the BDSM, there's a whole community around BDSM that considered, you know, themselves kind of a community. Um, there's different, things um I'm trying to there's it's blanking right now <laughs> lots of different sex ways to have sex right <laughs> but lots of different non-traditional mm -hmm. things and none of them were particularly interesting to me but then the the swinging stuff kind of was still and i think yeah, as we because that was started to explore a that part together. of our life that had remained undealt with for yeah. so many years um so you are also dealing with um some body image issues at the time and things like mm -hmm. that. So, um, the, the deconstructing your faith thing also kind of, you, you always somehow managed with your, your reading and your podcast to find parallels between the mm -hmm. spirituality side of it, as well as the sexuality and psychological side of it. Mm -hmm. So it, it just, it all made sense to you. So one almost kind of merged into the other where you started looking into more of those sex positive books and podcasts and things which helped you deal with body image issues and things like that mm -hmm. and that kind of led to lifestyle related books and podcasts that you know you kind of had a fear at first when you were listening to those that I was going to flip out thinking that yeah. we were getting back into this and because that wasn't the intent it right wasn't now. the intent to start this back up it was literally just learning and exploring different people's experiences yeah. that were in. But what it eventually turned into is as we heard other people's lifestyle stories 
on podcasts, I was, especially I was able to relate to their stories and feelings of jealousy and things that I had dealt with, that I had experienced, but not dealt with and not processed mm-hmm. and that we had not processed as a couple. So those were helpful for me until we finally got to the point where we were open enough with each other to talk about uh, sexual fantasies and, Mm -hmm. you know, sexual interests and things like that. And we did one of these things early on called a a yes, no, maybe list where it's got like 60 or 100 different sex related things from kind of basic stuff all the way up to weird kinky stuff. And you go through each of us takes that separately and you check whether, yes, you want to do this. No, I'm totally against it or I'm into it. Maybe if my partner is. Yeah. Yeah. So we did one of these lists and compared them to each other and found out we had a few things in common that we didn't know about. And that just led to more conversation, which kind of led us back into the lifestyle. And we committed this time to doing it basically exactly the opposite of the way we did it before. With, in, with intention with and intention being very and conscious communication. of why. We were doing this and and number one is our relationship together. Yeah, so that comes it's first. literally us like going and having different and new experiences together. So you see it as a relationship yeah. so, builder, like something that draws you guys closer together. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and don't get us wrong. We're not saying that this is a, a better relationship model for anyone no. that's married. We're not promoting this. This in is any not way. like a persuasive speech yeah, on why people should... Because maybe this isn't some, it's not for everybody. Yeah, for ev- sure. everybody's wired differently. We happen to be wired in a way where we're using this as something that draws us closer together. See, it seems uh, like other it, people may have something different. Yeah, it seems like for something like this mm-hmm. to work, you have to be in a very unique relationship in which both partners are comfortable with it. I bet you there's a lot of married couples where you have one person be like, oh, that'd be nice if she, or that'd be nice if he. <laughs> And then yeah. you probably have a lot of them where that neither one so are common. interested, but but to have a married couple in which both partners are into it, that's probably unique, or maybe I'm naive. Well, and that's one of the things with with like you said, like couples that may have these fantasies, but they're they feel too guilty or too much shame or too nervous to communicate that with their partner. Their partner could be having the exact same fantasy right. yeah. and they wouldn't know it. Because they're putting all this shame on themselves. And if they would just communicate about it, they could do this stuff in a healthy way. And then yeah. you you have the possibility of having less cheating, less infidelity, things like that. That's interesting. Because so, cheating can is... I, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, I, I'm a fan of you guys. And you all did a recent episode about, um, it was about marriage isn't, no one's ever been exceeded. Right, right. Yeah. No one's yeah, expectations yeah. have ever been exceeded by getting married. Yeah. And it was funny because as I listened to that, I was like, wow, like I would have said the same thing before we started all of this. <laughs> but honestly, and it's not just my experience, the people that we have come across, like real life people that we have met, have the most solid relationships. And it's and it's because there's no there's no um, walls up between their communication. It's, yeah. It sounds crazy, I'm sure. All right, well, it let me push back me, now. It, it does sound like, crazy. Let me push back a little bit. That sounds like y'all's marriage didn't exceed, you, it didn't exceed expectations, so you look for relationships <laughs> outside, right? Like you, you started meeting other people because your no, marriage no. wasn't enough? But that's the only thing that like, where I go, I mean, 
You needed something outside of your you know, marriage it, to make you stay together? Oh, no, no. No, it's – man, what's a good way to put this? Um, okay, so <laughs> I'm a big fan of Rob Bell. Mm. Um, I know you guys have talked about him before. And he and his wife wrote a book. I'm sure Rob Bell does not endorse <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to say that, but he and his wife did a, a book a while ago called the Zimzum of love. Yeah. And in there, somewhere in there, he talked about how, um, the way that relationships keep growing is you have peak experiences together. So like he, his joke or his, his thing that he says is don't go to Africa twice without, with, without your partner, yeah. because that's like a peak experience. So you have to bring your partner along with you. And, I feel like there's a parallel kind of like this because these are, these are experiences that we fully, each time we like, we meet a new couple or we go on a vacation where it's lifestyle based or whatever. We know that like someday when we're old sitting in our rocking chairs on the porch, we're going to be able to look at each other and go, we had some kind of crazy life back, you know, when we were young and we lived to the fullest and we did what seemed like a great, thing at the time. And, and I think we have a, a trust now that we didn't have before that allows us to know that we, we can stop at any time. We can, from being, from being what we consider in the lifestyle, we can stop that at any time. We can stop a, an interaction with other people at any time. We can, we can, because it's about how we feel about each other. And in that experience in the moment, it's never about, Adam with another girl and me with another guy. And like, that's the connection. It's the fact that he's letting me experience something that lots of people don't ever get to experience in the same way. I'm yeah, letting the, him experience it. Lots of like that you stop growing. I think you stop growing sometimes sexually in a marriage just because so many parameters are put on it by society mm -hmm. or by religion or by whatever you've been taught growing up. Well, before, and, uh, before Toby, before Toby, we, we want to kind of clarify too. Sorry to interrupt. No, um, oh. We we just <laughs> want to clarify that. <laughs> that, you know, what we do, we never do separately. Yeah. Oh yeah. It It's always us as a couple in the same room at all times, mm -hmm. whenever we interact with another individual or another couple, it's always us together. Oops. So we, we're not necessarily seeking out anything physical with another couple to replace anything. It's strictly to augment what we already have. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, would you put it in we, the same category as, as like sex toys? Like that's a way of supplementing. Um, sex in a, so in a way, but we don't we don't like to have it that objectified, right? Because we still like to have at least. I I hesitate to use the word relationship because that starts implying that there's romantic love or something like that involved with the other individuals and the other couple because there's not. But we still want them to be of like personality, yeah. of similar values. We want them to have a stronger relationship as ours. We want to be able to get along. You know, we're not just out there picking a picture off the internet and saying, Hey, you guys went fuck. It's not something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, there, there's, there's a whole process to this. How there's do you overcome the jealousy process. part? Well, that's, that's going to be more one for me to talk about because I don't think Eve has a jealous bone in her body. Really? Um, different way. In a different, different way. Not, yeah. Not like, um, this. 
what it comes, what it came down to for me, I was a very jealous person early on in our relationship and early on in our marriage. And what I had to do when we came back around to this uh, was I really had to break down jealousy into its components because jealousy in and of itself is not an emotion. It's a combination of other emotions. You're feeling insecure, you're feeling fear, you're feeling inadequate. Uh, Any one of those other actual emotions gets lumped into this generic term jealousy. So for example, if I would see Eve kiss another man and I would have a reaction to it, I have to break down that jealous reaction into what it is. Do I fear that she's going to leave me? Okay. Let's break that down even further. Do I have any evidence that she's going to leave me? Has she left me for a period of time before? Has she ever given me any indications that she's going to leave me for someone else? Well, no. So that's a realistic fear reaction. So I have to process through that, not just myself, but with her. I need to communicate that thing to her and say, okay, I had this negative reaction when I saw you kissing that guy. And here's how I felt. And then she can reassure me, no, absolutely. I would never leave him for you because of this, this, and this, and whatever else. So that's that's kind of the way I myself process through the jealousy of it. Do, do you ever do you ever um, think to yourself, Eve, like, oh, I've got to be careful. That that dude, he was so awesome to be with. I, but I can't I can't be completely honest because I don't want uh, Adam to to be upset or jealous because this, you know, it'll sound like this other guy was better. Like, do you ever have to be careful with your words? <laughs> Y'all are probably well, laughing I mean, at these I, questions. Like these guys are just so dumb about what they're, but it's, it's no, all so no. new. Are, it's new territory for the, us. Those are literally the thoughts that run through everybody's head when they're in the lifestyle. If they don't, you're not a human being. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, and so as far as I'm, I think I'm always careful with my words, no matter what it's about. So if some, okay, if, if something was just like a mind blowing experience or whatever, and I'm like, oh my God, or they do something different. That's always the big deal is, it, you know, the people we talk to, they'll say, oh, the husband will say, well, I've never heard my wife make noises like that before. Why can't I, you know, yeah. <laughs> why, why don't you do that? You know, and I think, um, I'm always pretty careful with how I say things anyway, but I think, I don't know. I mean, I I think it just, (laughs) it kind of comes down to how we kind of settle into our interactions after we have a play experience with another couple Mm -hmm. and you know, how our communication goes afterwards. She, she kind of knows that I'm the one that's more likely to have some type of negative reaction just because of my history um, so she t- typically leaves it up to me that our first communication afterwards is, you know, how did you think that went? Mm-hmm. And then I can give my response and I can say, well, I thought when he did this, it kind of tweaked me a little bit. Be or, more specific. You know, when he did what? Totally what hot. are we talking about? Yeah, what are we talking <laughs> about? <laughs> so far you talk about a kissing and making sounds. Right. Yeah. Y'all are doing we, the D. Yeah. Right? We want to keep this relatively PD. So. Right. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, but, but, but seriously, how, yeah, how does so I, how does it unfold though? So, so you you go on a little vacation, and then it's just like, oh, it's eight o'clock. Let's go, you know, let's let's do this. Or does it take one brave person to kind of well, like start finally? I mean, I, no. how does it unfold? Well, here's our typical here's our typical process. There's there's various websites out there that facilitate uh, 
uh, meeting other people in the lifestyle. It's similar to like OkCupid or mm. Plenty of Fish or something like that. It's just websites where you can build a profile and put yourself out there. And you can also put preferences on those sites for what you're into. Like, well, here's another couple of vocab words for you. There's soft swap and full swap. Uh, soft swap is anything up to, but not including penetrative sex. Full swap is everything with soft swap, soft swap plus penetrative sex also with someone who is not your primary partner. Um, so you can put those preferences and what your interest level is in each of those. When we first got back into the lifestyle about a year and a half ago, our preferences were extremely low. Like we made it well aware on our profile that we are into just interacting parallel with another couple in the same room. So I was with Eve, the other couple was with their own partners, and we just happened to be in the same room at the same time, naked having sex, basically. Yeah. Um, so you scroll through these profiles and you find other people that you're in that you have similar interests to, and you just reach out to them. You send an email. It's like, hey, I, you know, you guys have a great profile. Uh, get back to us if you're interested in us. They look at us. Mm -hmm. They decide they sense. like us too. We email back and forth. We set up a time to do like an instant messenger or text message chat back and forth where we can, you know, you kind of ask, you kind of get in a groove with asking certain, certain vetting questions. Like, how did you get into this? Um, like one of the people we talked to on a chat one time, I asked, you know, what, what got you into the lifestyle? And the guy literally responded with this. Like you can like see this emoji. on the picture, like <laughs> the, the fingers in the circle yeah, with another yeah. finger going through it. Like I got in this to fuck other people. So right. I'm like, okay, well you're automatically out right? because <laughs> you're not my type of people. Yeah. So, you know, you go through this vetting process and then it eventually gets to the point where, Hey, let's meet for dinner and you go and meet for dinner and you just have good open conversations where you tell stories about, you know, silly yeah, stories, fun mm -hmm. stories, sexy stories. It's just literally all the walls are down when you're talking to another couple that you have this significant life thing in common with that, you know, it's, it's very freeing really when you come down to it is because like, if you go to say a fundraiser or something like that, and you see somebody that you think might be interesting to talk to all the things that are running through your head are like, well, am I dressed well enough? Do I make enough money? Do I have a good enough job? Do I drive a nice enough car? Do I live in a nice enough house? You know, all of that crap doesn't matter in the lifestyle because you have this major thing that's in common. So you automatically know that you're going to have something to talk about with this person. So right. it's, it's much more. How often is this happening? Be down. Like, how often are y'all doing this? Is this a weekly thing or a once a month thing? Uh, it all depends on whether it's summer or winter. Really? <laughs> no, I'm joking. So I'll, let me take a little bit of that. At the beginning, when we started this, like you really um, reached out to a lot of people because there was so much anxiety and fear that I had just to like meet a new person, mm -hmm. you know? And so we, we kind of like went crazy in terms of like having something, a dinner out every weekend for about about first three, three or four months. months or so. yeah. um, now all of those didn't end up, you know, <laughs> with a play time, with a play time afterwards. Time afterwards. <laughs> but um, it was literally just getting comfortable meeting different people under those circumstances. And actually what we found is that people are just as normal as what you like. If you go to the grocery store and look around, that's what people look like in the lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. there's nothing, there's nothing special, special about them or nothing really, um, that are, is going to clue you in to 
these, you know what I mean? That there, there must be a swinger. Mm. Um, and I think that was what was really comforting and reassuring, but I would say now, I mean, my, my comfort level is about like, maybe like twice a month we have a date like that, but it does depend on like people's schedules. You get a few different people's schedules oh, in yeah, yeah. the mix and you know, yeah. you'll, you'll do two or three or four weekends in a row just because like the way it is now we have friends that we've made. And so we're like, Oh yeah, we sure. We definitely want to see them again. So then yeah. it, the urgency becomes a little bit more, um, you know, when you know that you, and we're also, we're also very mindful about how much effort we put into interacting with other couples too, so that it doesn't begin to affect our primary relationship. Oh, it yeah. is, what is that? The slut protocols or that thing? Yeah. That list oh, yeah. Where it's a list so, of things that you should do to not get to maintain a casual relationship. That's so, so interesting. I was just going to ask kind of, if there was any rules as far as frequency is concerned. Like if you really dig a couple and you're like, man, we have so much in common. At some point, you got to be like, OK, this is too much because you're, you got to be connecting with that person yeah. on a deeper level. Well, what we, right. And so, and I'm sure, I mean, with your, you know, pastor backgrounds and everything, I'm sure, you know, all of the, you know, all of the love languages, rules and things like that about how, and how the um, endorphins and the hormones that you have Mm -hmm. during intimacy are, are bonding hormones. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we, um, that was something that we did wrong the first time long, the long time ago scenario was, you know, all we'd known was regular dating each other. And, and there was a lot of ownership about like who you're with. And so we did, we got really in too deep with those other people and we saw them way too often and we got way too bonded to them Mm -hmm. because of that emotional, uh, physiological, hormonal response that comes. So yeah, there is um, a set of rules that there's a as an educator, Reed Mahalko, and he has um, what are what there's known as the slut protocols. <laughs> and his it's for anything. So like some people just want to be casual when they don't want to get too um, involved with people that they're hooking up with or whatever. But like, I feel like in the, in this lifestyle, it's actually helpful because it's, you know, you don't see anyone more than once a month. You don't mm-hmm. stay overnight. You don't have yeah. breakfast in the morning. Yeah, you don't, don't have sex with them in the you morning. Don't do don't. things that are, are designed to kind of bond you. But then the, the flip side is, is if you want to have a stronger relationship with your own partner, you should do all of those, things, of those because things because they will bond yeah. you. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But it, so have y'all officially you, moved on from just having sex with each other in the room to now y'all are swinging? Y'all are switching partners? Full swap. <laughs> well, it, it's been a it's been kind of a gradual transition for us. We have not made it to full swap yet. Yeah, we're mostly we're, we're still I it's me, honestly. <laughs> I'm kind of the anchor in the whole situation. Um I I haven't made it to the point where I'm comfortable enough to um to let go of this of the overall situation to the point where I can kind of lose myself for a period of time with the other female. Now we have done things with uh, a single male and a single female at separate times where we've had, I guess you would call it a full swap scenario, but only with one other person. Mm-hmm. Um, just because that, that allows me to stay a hundred percent connected with the situation without 
feeling like I would have to ignore someone else in the room to do that. Because when you're, when you're in a full swap situation with a couple, if I want to stay a hundred percent connected to what Eve is doing and what's going on with it, I have to ignore that other female. And I don't feel right doing that because that can potentially put her in an emotional state that, okay, what's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? Why does he not like me? You know, cause everybody tends to do that. That's that the- a lot of people's stories. Go ahead. At the risk of sound like uh, sounding offensive, I have to I have to ask this, and, and you keep referring to me as like uh, pastoral and everything. So I'll just I'll just go with that role. I mean, you go would un- with it. Thank you, thank you. You would understand how listeners, including myself, it sounds like this is something that Eve is really into, and it's something that Adam is trying to figure out how to go with. Like it just seems like. Adam, you're a little resistant, but you you don't want to lose Eve because you love her and it's important to her. And and yeah. feel free to just <laughs> no, say no, I that's get, bullshit. I get that. No, I get can that. I, but... Can I start one thing and then yeah, I'll definitely let you go with that? Um And that's not Adam a knock to you, Eve, by the way. <laughs> no, it's okay. No. Adam Adam is the one that signed us up for the uh profile website and is driving the whole thing. But go ahead. I want you to. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. She's definitely not pushing me into anything because when you get right down to it, I'm, I hate to use the term that I'm in charge, but you know, I, I'm the one that's driving the car, so to speak. Uh, I'm the one that goes through and searches out profiles. I'm the one that sends introductory messages. Mm -hmm. I'm the first point of contact for any chats with another couple. Um, I'm, I kind of have the, the initial yay or nay on whether or not a couple is, is going to qualify to meet with us. Yeah. That seems smart given the situation or the setup as as it is. Uh, If you take this to his logical conclusion of, of what Joey's saying, the logical conclusion of this would be, Eve, how is it for you if Adam says, you know what, I've decided no more of this ever for me? We got it. I mean, it's funny, y'all. This is here. Yeah, sorry, we had a glitch in the thing. Y'all froze for a second. Yeah, you froze. Start that again if you started to answer, or if you heard my question. Yeah, actually, um, it would be fine if he said no more of this, because I didn't think we'd ever be getting into it to begin with. I would be one that, I mean, we could talk about things, we could have, you know, a little pillow talk and fantasy, and that would be enough for me. I don't, I never thought we would get back into it. And I wasn't pushing for that. So I feel like anything that happens is just part of the experience. Mm -hmm. I don't really have, he does so much on the front end in terms of, um, making sure that the people are good people and having, you know, feeling having a comfort level with just meeting them for dinner. And that's all it ever is, is we're just agreeing to meet them for dinner. We're never, you know, you never commit to anything um, early, you know, ahead of time. And so for me, it's like, this is just fun for now. And if it stopped, Hey, that was a fun time in our life. And we don't, you know, it, it doesn't really, it's more fun than we would have had sitting around, you know, watching HGTV or whatever, you know, you know, going to Home Depot and fixing up the yard. I mean, honestly, literally, <laughs> it's literally, and, and it's, it's allowing us to have so much more conversation though. So let me see if I can make sense out of this. Let me see if I can get my head around this 
and I talk out loud to do it, so forgive me. But the, the, obviously, it's a really s- severe taboo. I mean, sex is a taboo anyway. So this is a severe taboo. And if there's anything I've understood about taboos is whenever you discover them, the prevalence of, of people that do it and know about it and whatever that's underground is all – it's like a cockroach. I mean, if, if you meet one couple that does it, there's a, it's, it's widespread – you know, this, and then the other parallel is it's with a lot of other things where they're taboo and then can be both good and bad. Like, let's just say uh, marijuana. Same thing. It's uh, there's a bad, <laughs> bunch of terrible drug dealers in the world and people who do drugs in a super, super shady way and bad, thing, you know, whatever. Predatory people. Of course, those people are involved in drugs, but there's a million grandmas that love weed, too. And nice people nice 30 year olds and you know there's and and so it it isn't just the issue thing it's the 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 people in it thing and then when you put into it the fact this is what's tripping me out when you said it earlier when you mentioned other how many couples and something we talk about a lot is how many couples wind up cheating that makes me go hang on a second it's reframing my thinking just i'm trying to think about as open-mindedly as possible because obviously on its head this sounds absurd to me to be honest but if that many people cheat, and you know what I mean, there's got to be more here, and this is just the tip of some iceberg that's probably not only a lot of it already going on, but probably a trend, and there's probably some stuff to figure out here that is not just some fringe lunatic thing. But the amount of people that cheat does demonstrate something about it. that's not healthy. I mean, that's always unhealthy. The cheating, extramarital, mm-hmm. divorce, those those things sure are bad. And I, I mean... You know, I'm not trying to make the argument that more people should try this and it would fix marriages. I don't want to go that far. But I'm, I imagine no, that would be either. kind of the way that you must think about it, that there's obviously a desire for people to have more sexuality and a possibility for it. And so then I just have to leave myself saying, my conclusion is y'all are like those people that climb on those buildings and jump over stuff and tightrope and do the most insanely dangerous stuff in the world, but you must... You must have a lot of practice and skill and it seem like you can handle it and maintain it. But, I mean, it's really dangerous. It's like way too much horsepower. It's way too, you know, you're driving a car with 700 horsepower <laughs> and you better know how to drive and you better be careful because you're on a, I mean, it feels, sounds like you're on a tightrope. It sounds dangerous. Yeah. Right. Well, I, so I'm going to, what you just said there, part of what you just said there reminded me of, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to another of your episodes recently about technology where you talked about um, the goods and the bads of technology mm-hmm. and how to, you know, how to, how to kind of reconcile that. And I think you're definitely right that like anything could be corrupt, you know, if conscious decisions are not being made. And if you think about like the dark sides of sex are manipulation mm-hmm. and, uh, pain and imbalance of power and control of the other person and you know things that are non-consensual and all the shame and feelings of being used um can really be the things that leave the scars mm-hmm. you know but i think to put rules around sex that limit that limit everyone's behavior is a tremendously pessimistic attitude because yeah you know, you're, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna maybe limit some of the bad things that could happen, but then you're also going to limit the growth experiences. I feel like it's like you have a pet cobra. It's kind of about what, (laughs) (laughs) right? Well, it's kind of like, um, gosh, um, well, everybody is, a lot of it has to do with how, 
people are educated about sex, especially in the Christian world. Uh, pretty much from the minute you're born, you're told that sex is kind of like you said, it's it's kind of like it's a danger. It's a dangerous cobra where you have to be careful about everything around it. And, you know, abstinence education is a, is a really not, it's, it's kind of a horrible thing because if you leave someone up to their own devices with something as significant in their life as sex, they're, they're going to make some of the worst mistakes possible. But right. if you just educate them about, you know, what, what they can do and how they can choose to do these things in a positive way, I think you're going to have less guilt and shame and chance for bad things to happen later on in life. Right. Like, like sex has is powerful for sure, but it, we shouldn't let its power make us afraid to explore it. You know, if you put it up on this high shelf where you can't, you can't ask questions, you can't try things because, oh my gosh, what if something like, honestly, our attitude within all of this parameters is if, if we do something once and we don't like it, then mm-hmm. we're just not going to do it again. Yeah. Well, how does this all jive <laughs> you know with, I mean? like, we it's skipped over like, the part about Christian theology. Like, how do you reconcile it with the beliefs is, is probably the last thing. I know. I, time I, actually, I actually know, you know, it, for some people, this is just, whoa, way out there, gay Christians. But it's something that, well, I mean, I'm quite used to. But there's a, les- <laughs> there's, a, there's a lesbian couple Did you just that. Say gay yeah, gay not Christians. Not you, he's just saying the concept. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. He, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, he's not good at context. Sorry. But there, there's a uh, lesbian couple that I know, and I was telling them about, um, you know, some Christian swinging and all that stuff. And the two lesbians were like, oh, my gosh, I would never do that. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so, yeah, Which like, like we know a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, how do you guys interact with with God's word? And, and obviously so many people would say, oh, God, God's words. I mean, it's clear you should not be doing this. Well. It comes down to intent because the the two major points when you talk about um, any kind of non-monogamy comes down to the two commandments. You know, don't covet your neighbor's wife, don't commit adultery. Um, but what you kind of have to break those down and put them into the context of the time, too, because using the word covet with your wife implies ownership of your wife which is a very misogynistic viewpoint that is not applicable in modern day life. Mm. So, and, and again, it comes back to intent. We're not going into this seeking to draw the opposite sex partner away from their primary relationship. We're looking to augment what they already have and have them augment what we already have through a physical interaction. Mm -hmm. So, that by the same token, the adultery aspect doesn't come into it as well, because adultery by its nature is cheating behind someone's yep. back. Yep. So like going behind their back to do a physical thing. We're not going behind each other's back. Everything is out on the table. So is it effectively like each polygamy? one of us has veto power with it? Do you see it like polygamy? Sorry, not, that the, not that it is polygamy. I'm saying, but do you see it like polygamy when people like to think about it and go, well, the Old Testament and the Bible doesn't technically forbid polygamy. I've heard a lot of people make that argument because it's not cheating. It's just the setup. And of course, there's the harems and, and all the stuff. And there's the elders are supposed to be a man of a, one wife. Life, which almost implies that these other there's other possibilities out there. I guess maybe the Bible isn't that clear on this, but it, it, you would have thought right. it was. Well, I'm not sure. 
I'm not, I think <laughs> I'm not going to get through all of it here, but I think I, I'm always curious what people in the Bible, like what their relationships were actually like, because yeah. I think it was very much the, the man was the head of the household and the woman was there to kind of serve him. And there wasn't a lot of equality. And so you get into that mindset of, you know, men are in control of everything. And then monogamy got to be like kind of the widely accepted thing because of ownership of property and making sure that those were actually his children. So therefore he had to marry a virgin because otherwise who it was up for, you know, they were kind of about suppressing the sexuality of the woman. Um, So then that kind of, that, that idea kind of took off and became kind of like a moral thing that people, you know, but I don't know that it was about morality back then. I think it was more about the, the context of that situation. And so I guess I'm of the belief that um, the Bible was written it's, it's a group of stories written by certain people based on how they understood the world at that time and for a certain audience for them to understand. So for us here in 2018 to try to, <laughs> you know what I mean, use the, the specifics of everything mm-hmm. in the Bible, it's just not applicable yeah. culturally. But what I would say is that it, what, what it inspires is what's important. So you so guys in good I guess conscience. I feel like if I'm sorry, I'm sorry, we have a delay and keep interrupting well, each other. No, no, no. Ahead. I was just gonna say I feel like um, this is about living consciously, mm-hmm. also known as seeking the will of God. Living consciously, being the best version of ourselves. You know, living consciously, honoring others. So this is not, not I mean, this is the kind of thing that you think God is, is, uh, I mean, certainly okay. Well, you don't, this isn't a thing that you do on the side or is repent of or anything like that. You, you, in (laughs) good conscience, I mean, this is just part, you have a spiritual life, everything you don't see that you see this as endorsed by God. I have felt, I have felt more guilty after a night out of drinking with our, you know, vanilla friends Mm -hmm. than I felt about going out and being ourselves with lifestyle people. And I just feel like it's not really about the sex. It's about what happens on either side of it. You know, are we treating other people with love and attention and are we spreading good into their lives? You know, are we, has it spilled over into our regular lives where we have better interactions with just people that we meet in day-to-day interactions, are we? But I mean, it's definitely about the sex. To- <laughs> I mean, you, you don't. If you take the sex out of it, you can do all the what you just said. If you didn't do the sex part, you could still do all that but good you know stuff, <laughs> right? But they said it's not that. about there the. There is, there is, but there's a, but there's a comfort level in the interpersonality of it, I guess, and I don't know how else to explain that because. Um, Vanilla world isn't isn't open. Like, okay, you just went on a vacation, um, a cruise with some what we, you know, our vanilla friends, our very best vanilla friends that know nothing about this. We <laughs> that sounds oh, so derogatory. Right? Right? We don't we don't share. Yeah, it's we don't pejorative share now. Vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. No, it's no. It is not. It is not. Um, we just don't share any. Like, no one in our life knows about this. We we actually have told one friend about this, but no one in our life. Like, we, it's not like. <laughs> out there. Um, But we went on this cruise and we noticed how many people just did not interact, were not friendly. Like in the, in the elevator, there was barely any interaction. And it was so weird for us because we're like, oh my gosh, we've been on, we've been on lifestyle vacations to resorts where, you know, everybody there is in, in some fashion 
free and open, whether they're a nudist or whether they are in the lifestyle and how friendly everybody is at those. And there's no expectation at, at that, that you're going to put out just because you're there, right. but it's so much more friendly. You can just have any conversation with anyone and it's, it's just way it's, it's different. It's so different. Well, yeah. And yeah. of course there is, a, there obviously <laughs> but if I was on a cruise and I knew there was a really good chance that every person there might have sex with me, I would be very happy. Yeah, I'd be pretty friendly I'd be that, about as happy as you. I, <laughs> wow. I mean, I, I would love to see you. Well, I mean, I'd have been whistling in that elevator. I'd be like, hey, hey, Adam and Eve, how y'all doing? Nice to yeah. meet you. <laughs> I would have been really well, nice. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's a big contributing factor to it. And that's, like I said, that's that's the thing that allows you to be so open with other people in the lifestyles. You have this major thing in your life that you have in common and you're on and, your best behavior. Right. Yeah. And you're on your best <laughs> behavior. Um, and don't get us wrong. Obviously there is a physical component to it. It's, yeah. it's physically fun as sex is supposed to be. Um, but we, there's more to it to us than just that. It's, it's because if, if it was just about that, I could stay home and masturbate to a video and it would be just as <laughs> right. good for me. But this is about being able to give another couple or another individual the gift of our intimate physical relationship and to receive a gift of their intimate physical relationship. The most intimate part of their life is being shared with well, I'm us. I'm sure it's intense. Yeah. And, I think that's, and that's how we view it. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about we're talking about being a, a real experience and intimate and you know intense. There's no doubt about it. So thank you guys so much for sharing this with us. And yeah. It just... You know, it was yeah, really absolutely. interesting. And I'll be started. honest, I think you won Joey over. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take much, man. <laughs> he's, he's excited. <laughs> y'all y'all handle it so easily. It just sounds like y'all are talking about uh, a couple y'all play tennis with. Y'all do ten, couples with tennis. Hey, well, man. Oh, Rob and Helen. We, you well, know, that's we the thing. We, man, it was 30 love yeah, and we if, scored. If it was, can, that was really cool. <laughs> if we can kind of destigmatize sex and not make it this big major horrible thing that everybody has to stress over and worry about so much. I yeah. think overall the world would probably be a better place. Well, right, so I want you to think, hold on. Right, right, I got to ask this. So be honest. Do y'all think this is uh heaven's going to be like this, right? Everybody can just basically in a very, <laughs> in a very non self-serving way and of the purest loving sense, you'll be able to have sex with whoever because we were created as sexual beings. Y'all believe that, don't you? Honestly, the way I imagine heaven to be, if I'm going to put it into a lifestyle perspective, doesn't have anything to do with the sex. Gotcha. It has to do with the free and open interactions where people can be their true selves and they can interact with other people as human beings and see them as human beings without any of the barriers and baggage and other bullshit yeah. that we put out in regular everyday life. Nice. So yeah. that for me, that's what heaven is about. It's yeah. not, it's not going to be, you can have sex with anybody who you want. Right. It's just about, it's about being your true self and being open and honest and getting that in return from everybody else. Well, we appreciate you guys being open and honest. I know it, it's a little bit, took a little bit of courage probably to come on here and talk to us about it. Uh, do you want folks to, I, I know y'all have a website. Do y'all want to promote that at all or anything like that? Uh, yeah, actually, we have our website, spiritualswingers.net, and we have a podcast that we're just 10 episodes into where mostly up to this point, we've just been kind of talking about our, our journey, getting back into the lifestyle with our history and so forth. Uh, but we got a couple good episodes coming up where uh, we actually interviewed our former pastor and his wife, who wow. we <laughs> That's came out to kind of randomly at a 
at a get together one oh, evening. Wow. So that's That'll the one uh, non-lifestyle person that we know that we've told about it. Oh, and wow. they yeah. were super awesome and affirming yeah. about it. So, oh, wow. Well, good luck to uh, you guys and thank you for your time today. Month, yeah, yeah, we do appreciate it. We'll yeah, have you back on bye. in a year or year year or two and, and see how, how it's been going. How about that? We'd yeah. Love to. All right. Awesome. Love That'll it. be great. We uh we love your guys show and thanks Thank for having you. us on. Right. Thank, Thank you guys so much. so much. Okay, keep it rolling, huh? Wow, that I mean that's uh I am a I I don't know totally what to say. Like yeah. th- they are nice people who I think are doing something that they are trying to do it the right way. Yeah. I, we're talking about having sex with other people. I do think they're nice people. They were opening on all this stuff. I, I just almost couldn't disagree more, though. I, I still I haven't been won over by the what that, disagree like, what? I mean, I understand their points. I mean, that ain't for me. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe maybe that's the better way you to should, say. It. That's right. what I'm saying. You they're have not to get in that middle me. ground yeah, where no, you go. I, mean, I understand your point of view. I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Am I being hypocritical? I, I no, don't. But do you I don't think, think they're it's wrong. good for them. Yeah, I don't okay, know if yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah, good for them. That's what I'm saying. Like I I don't know. This I mean. I don't know how you separate. Is that the way you feel that. about other people's diets as well? You, yes. About like that? Yeah. But here's, yeah. here's what, right. what, what more of it to you is it than people eat tons of sugar right. and shit? Yeah. Now, and here's the other thing that really throws me off is I'm really pro do what you want in your bedroom. Right. Like I don't want anybody, if this is what you want to do and you're happy and you're not hurting anybody, which they are not doing at all. I mean, even they, they said we, we did this the wrong way. We did this. We learned. We've improved this. I mean, so I'm totally pro Doing what you want to do. I'm not going to stand in the way of that. I, it just, I don't know. I can't get past the emotional component of it. Of, uh, and, and maybe that's because I look at my own life and, just, and say, yeah, Jess and I would never do that or wouldn't want to, or it would feel. No, I mean, you know, I would have the least interest ever. I mean, in do, that. You, yeah. do you guys acknowledge, though, the right. evolutionary process that brought us to this point? Like, because all three of us would say, nope, I don't want to have anything to do with that. But that was a cultural conditioning for sure. Like I, I was watching a documentary on monogamy, and it just it, it showed how that stuff started once people started yeah. to settle down yeah. and farm the I, land. I believe if you really looked into it, some of the stuff that we take as morality might be on shaky ground. Yeah, it, it might d- dissolve. I mean, you know, that, that's I don't know what what we're, I don't know. I, I mean, just, I know this sounds a little intense, but I just could not imagine of being in not. the same room no hearing Priscilla well, like I, I exclaim know. pleasurable noises. How about this? And it's how about funny. how about you and Priscilla are doing it, but I'm beside you with Jess, <laughs> and you're hearing my sex noises or me whatever like that that all that stuff like I, it's wild. But or what if you thought it was super awesome? Yeah, what if you loved it? I don't know. I yeah. mean, but I, you know, again, you have to try to separate how I, awful that I would feel over to me. and I saw sweat sliding down the. <laughs> crack of joey's ass and i just it was well unreal. so this is what you obviously get as soon as you let inerrancy slip right that's that's what people are saying out there no, this no, no, crazy. No, they're saying no well if there's no like nope, nope, notice that nope, you're you're pushed back here i'm just saying I, I i disagree too i'm just making the point that that is where everybody wants to put this like well see they don't really believe the bible they don't really oh, what yeah, i'm yeah. saying is I'm, what i'm saying is they that's can, what happens to all us what everybody's no, trying what to i'm do. saying though is they could they could do this lifestyle and believe in inerrancy maybe, they might, the, the maybe. scriptures that he quoted yeah. that's a very valid argument to say no you're not supposed to covet someone else's wife you're not supposed to commit adultery he made a good point he's not trying to own or possess is the better word right. another person's wife or spouse or even his own and, yes and he, they're not committing adultery if you think of it as I am doing this the same way that's what I'm saying he like, would say you fit the model more of your wife is your property 
Right. Like, like and he maybe doesn't think that's so great the way you think of your wife. You, do you? Your wife's not committing adultery if she loves dance and they have a dance partner that she goes to on Tuesday nights and it happens to be a male. And some or people whatever. would say that was a sin and Shouldn't terrible. Do that. Yeah, yeah. And but that, some people are fine with. But the reason why that that, that here's where they are right is that that is you are trying to actually own your spouse or whatever, you know when you say you can't do any all that stuff. So I don't yeah, know. It, yeah, but it's it's a it's a consensual commitment. Yeah, even that's a consensual commitment. Yeah, you're probably right. Well, uh, uh, y'all want to? You got a quick one? No, I, I, I'm. I don't have <laughs> think about can we do a quickie? Think about the performance anxiety. Yeah, performance anxiety. You can walk into a, a room going, "This is I'm going." There's going to be three other people in this room, not, not and I'm having sex. Yeah, not I would just it, it, my heart I, would start panting. I'd probably vomit. I'd pass out. I mean, ima- imagine seeing the dude take off his clothes and he's got like a wiener four times as big. I mean, immediately you feel completely insecure. <laughs> right? What if you have one that's four times as big as him? Then you feel the greatest you've ever oh, felt. Yeah, well, You're like, hey, have fun because I'm right here for my wife to come back to. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if everybody cares about wieners as much as, as us. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Let's do some, Let's do a quickie. Let's, a damn, let's do news, a damn quickie. news quickie. All right, Ray. Music. All right. In a world where all I could think of during the last interview was a lot of bad things. My name is Toby Morell. <laughs> Woo! Okay. Speaking of too much, like maybe maybe things are just too much. Maybe you just only need really limited sex. Maybe you only need really limited fun, joy, alcohol. There's a big mistake up in Canada. And guess this is a roving reporter. And you won't believe who the roving reporter is this week. Who? Our very own first bass player, Joel Green. (laughs) (laughs) Bombay Sapphire Gin recalled across Canada for containing too much alcohol. Good luck with that recall. Yeah. Check this out. Liquor authorities. <laughs> my car has uh, I know, a Ford yeah. recall. I have too much it, horsepower. Right? Re- who's, right. who's returning that, right? Mm-hmm. That was Joel's joke, actually. Uh, liquor authorities across Canada are recalling a brand of gin that may contain almost twice as much alcohol as claimed on the bottle. <laughs> the, the, lic- the Liquor Control Board of Ontario, this is in Canada, was uh, the first to issue a recall after its internal quality assurance team discovered that some bottles of Bombay Sapphire London dry gin uh, some mouthful had not been properly diluted, resulting in an alcohol content of seventy-seven percent. Whoa! You know what the normal is? The normal like is forty percent. Right. Uh, Bermuda-based alcohol uh, conglomerate Bacardi owns it, and uh, the company told CBC in a statement that almost one thousand cases of the one point one four liter Bombay were impacted. The mistake happened when some bottles inadvertently entered the bottling line during a short period of time. Uh it's like forty five minutes and they were just all done. This came from the C B C news as well. I, I you're exactly right. Like if you found that now here's where the danger is. If you didn't know you're drinking sure. each shot or something that's twice as much yeah, you're alcohol. You're drinking Everclear and, or 151. And my question, man, I don't know if you can tell me this you're or not. You're essentially it, drinking Bacardi 151 instead of Bacardi Silver and not knowing it. Right. And you know what 151 is like. Yeah, it's, it's just, unreal. It's crazy. But that's what I'm saying. They you can, would know. I, I do. I, when you yeah, taste you, it. You, you would you know, had, right? When I drink 151, I just can't, I mean, I can't believe, it's, if, if, believe I, it. The times I've done it is like it's I'm so drinking obvious. like rubbing alcohol yeah. or something. Like it blows my mind. It's insane. But when I found the story, I just kept thinking about Joey. Who like would accidentally just drink four shots of that or yeah. something? You know what I mean? Like you go, I, I can drink whatever; it's not a big deal, and just be like dead. Yeah. No, <laughs> so that's dangerous. who they're worried about. 
Joey Spence, yeah. <laughs> they have to recall it because Joey Spenson innocently would drink too much and die. Yeah. You'd be dead if you lived in Canada right now. God bless my soul. You're probably not a gin drinker, though, are you? You don't really drink. Do you drink much liquor at not all? Not much of a drinker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not really much of a drinker. I mean, you have one beer and you pass out. No, that's not true at all. Oh, really? <laughs> How much do you drink? Oh, you mean you get drunk? in one sitting? You get drunk? Mm-mm. Okay, well, thanks for ending that. That's damn news. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank four, you. Yep. Four beers and maybe I'll start feeling it. Oh, God. Right on, right on. Okay. We've had a good long episode there, so I'm going to get us out of here quickly. Thank you to the BC Club for supporting this podcast. It really means the world, and we got to – look, I don't need to talk about it to tell you you should join it because you'll like it, and the reason is you get an extra podcast episode every week, and it's a lifestyle. (laughs) And if you want to stay vanilla, if you want to stay – You'll stay vanilla in your Christian vanilla stuff? We we Uh -uh. use vanilla to refer to people who are not – in the lifestyle of the BC Club. I'll give you a couple of people who are no longer vanilla. These are vanilla. Daniel Litz, Bruce Wilkie, who left and came back. Bruce Ooh, is great. Bruce. Also, Bruce lost like 100 pounds. I know. Doing keto. Eating, yeah, protein and fat um, or whatever. Good work, Bruce. Glad to have you back. Tyler Miller, Michael Cunningham, Tim Carson, Nick Woods, Chris Besterth. That's enough. Okay, yep. we'll tell you some more later. But thank you guys for leaving the vanilla and joining the lifestyle. Crisper surf, you said. It's crisper set. I don't know how to read. <laughs> All right. TheBCClub.com. Come join us. See you. See you.